Welcome to the Emmaus Fellowship Teaching Podcast. We trust you find this encouraging. Emmaus Fellowship is located at 205 North Pine Street in Woodland Park, Colorado. Our phone number is 719-687-6061. We trust you find this encouraging as you pour over God's Word with us. Gave me a voice and a song Taught me how to sing Okay, well, I want to just take a few minutes here. I just want to riff with you a little bit and just kind of fly off of uh, some things that have been rolling around in my heart over the last several weeks. You know, last week when we were at Emmaus, I talked about a couple of things related to choosing to enter in to the difficult parts of your story that um, that sometimes we shy away from because it involves pain or grief or a reminder of deep loss. And so it takes some courage to choose to enter into those parts of our story where we would actually um, allow ourselves to um, experience the loss, experience the grief. And I know that that's a challenge for many of us. We've done a pretty thorough job of trying to avoid pain most of our lives. And the invitation to enter in doesn't make much sense to us until we remember that it's actually entering into the the central theme of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is death, burial, resurrection, and Friday being the crucifixion, Saturday the descent into a hellish place of you know pain and suffering, and then Sunday the power of the resurrection coming to full bear in our lives and surprising us with just the glory of God. And we remember that it was the glory of God that raised Jesus from the dead. And the glory of God is the same spirit that resides within you and me, that moves on this earth to bring us into a relationship with Jesus, who is, in fact, our healer. And that's why Jesus' words are so important for us when he says, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who choose to enter in to the low place, blessed are those who choose to uh, go into Saturday, for they will be comforted. And um, as I shared last week, you know, the church has been notorious for creating ways for us to try to skip from Friday, the crucifixion, over into Sunday, the resurrection, without descending into this place of acknowledging what's really going on in the place of our our brokenness in the place of our loss in the place of our grief and so we connect you know these this dotted line from friday to sunday and we try to dance over that and sometimes when we do have seasons where we go into you know the the low place we we try to pop out way way too soon so having a friend join you uh in that journey of uh exploration of your heart in that 
place of lament, in that place of wrestling with God, in that place of even being angry with God and questioning his goodness. All of those things actually are pretty important for us because in this uh, invitation to walk with Jesus, what does he say? He says, take up your cross daily. Well, that can mean uh, die to self. That can mean, um, you know, let God's will override your will. Absolutely. But it also means be real, like be real with your story. Be real with the fact that there is pain in this world and none of us have escaped the effects of brokenness and sin and yeah, the bad behavior of others and trauma really. So that brings me kind of like up to speed on what we talked about last week. One of the things that I did mention last week was don't voluntarily go into the Saturday if you are struggling with self-contempt. Do not go into that space alone. Go into that space with a trusted friend so that they can remind you of who you are. Because even in your brokenness and even in your loss, friends, you are glorious and there are glorious things about you. And there are things that can be honored that are sacred about your life. As image bearers of God, you hold something tremendously beautiful and powerful. And that's what the scripture tells us, that God has put treasure in jars of clay. So here we are in our humanity and our clayness, and God has decided to deposit his glory inside of you. So if self-contempt is ruling the day, then um, I, I would suggest that maybe you not voluntarily go into that space of um, the Saturday without having a friend with you. Because here's, here's my thought on that. Um, self-contempt is not your friend when you go into these spaces. Some of you might look at your story and you might be riddled with shame because of behavior, because of just your narrative around the story. But I can promise you that one of the surprising resurrection glories of God is that he would help reframe your narrative so that you could see something glorious. Even in that most difficult place, some of you may not be able to imagine that there could be a glory thing in there, but I'm saying it, it is in there. For example, um, without going too far down into this, um, I would say that even if you have experienced abuse by someone that you trusted and that you desired their love, there can be some conflict inside of you. Like you were a victim of abuse. There is absolute, it's, you know, it's just like, it's without, um, any excuse like that should never happen. And yet there was something in you that desired their attention, desired their affection. I mean, that combination is really conflicting and it can really send people into some self-contempt. But what if you were to say, actually, you know what? I was created as an image bearer to desire connection with people. Like this is the glory part in this story that I don't have to dumb down or eliminate or even annihilate 
the desires of my heart. They have been confused with the abuse, but if the storyline that you lived in and continue to live in can make room for the glorious things to be spoken to, can be acknowledged, can be named, my goodness, that's such a gift. So here's where we kind of tie into last week. Because last week I talked about the kindness of God. Titus 3. When the kindness and love of God appeared, he saved us. Not because of the good things that we had done, but because of his mercy. And then it goes on to talk about how he poured out his Holy Spirit into our lives generously so that we can experience rebirth and renewal. And then Paul reminds us, he actually begs us, do not ignore the kindness of God as you move through your journey of renewal. And we made some delineations between rebirth and renewal. Let's just say that renewal is a process of really reclaiming those places of your heart that have been blocked by self-contempt. Let's just say self-contempt keeps you out of your glory. If, as we learned from Brian Fenimore a few weeks ago, if God is committed to give us glory after glory after glory of his presence, of his kindness, of his love, of his healing power, it's for the sake of transformation so that we who are being renewed uh, will be able to display in ever-increasing measure from glory to glory with our, you know, countenance, with our personhood, our, like our personalities begin to experience transformation because of the glory of God. You will not live fully into your glory if self-contempt has any room to convince you of who you are. Your identity is not established by your opinions of yourself. Can I just say that? I mean, it really isn't. Now, lived out daily? Yes, absolutely. As a man believes in his heart, so is he. However, wouldn't it be great if we actually believed what God said about us? Wouldn't it be great if we read things like John 17, where Jesus is praying to the Father, and he says, Father, the glory that you have given to me, I pray that you will give to them. What if we understood that God actually answered that prayer? What if we were able to actually be kind to ourselves? Isn't that interesting? So I want to just kind of like do this little word play here. Like we know that we love because he first loved us, right? So the love that we receive from God enables our ability to love our neighbors as what? As ourselves, right? So how about this? How about if we were to take any aspect of God's like attention towards us, affections towards us? What if we were to say, we can be kind because of the kindness of God towards us? We can be kind towards our neighbor as ourselves. How about that? We can be patient because God was first patient with us. And we can be patient towards our neighbors as we are towards 
ourselves. So this as we are towards ourselves dynamic is something that gets a little bit overlooked, I think, in the church. And I think we can uh, bring it front and center here and just say that one of the remedies for self-contempt is learning how to be kind to yourself. So kindness, it's powerful. You know that it's different than niceness, right? You know that it actually holds power. It's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So as an image bearer who has this treasure, which is the Holy Spirit living within you, the byproduct of that are the attributes of God that can be lived out in your life. Love, hope. Patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, long-suffering, the list goes on. Kindness is in there. And kindness should not be understated. Kindness is powerful. Because if you remember, it's kindness that leads us where? Where does kindness lead us? Yeah, you can say the word repentance. It's okay. But the repentance is a change. The repentance dynamic is a transformation from one direction to another. It's kindness that brings the most powerful transformation in our lives. And so, what if it was that in order for us to live out the glory that God has placed within us, we have to learn how to be kind to ourselves so that we can be kind to others. Just like we have to learn how to love ourselves so that we can love others. And we receive all of this from God's initiation. He first loved us. He first was kind to us. He was first patient to us. All of these things are real. And in order for us to enter into the Saturday of our story, the multiple Saturdays of our story, and I'm encouraging you not to go in there if self-contempt is ruling the day, then what will it require? Well, it would require some kindness. You know, we've been through a lot, folks. I mean, over the last year and a half, we have collectively experienced a global trauma. And it's it's multifaceted. And one of the things that we um, we struggle with now A, we're not past it. It's not a post-pandemic culture. Uh, We are still in it. We are still losing family members and friends to this disease. We are still experiencing restriction and lockdown. Some are experiencing tremendous financial burden as the result of this. And so one of the... I guess one of the key dynamics to trauma, to any trauma, is powerlessness. So we're experiencing powerlessness. Uh, We're experiencing just an upheaval of what we had established in our lives as secure and normal. All of that really happened and is still happening. Now here's where the perceptions come in. Some of my friends that I've observed over this last year and a half, I mean, I'll just call it what it is. There's a a fair bit of denial. And so anytime people are confronted with a sense of powerlessness, they tend to assert themselves as having power. And so we've seen that globally as well. So this becomes more um, like 
compounded. So we saw the power struggles with politics. We have seen that. We're still in the middle of it. We see power struggles and assertion of power and domination, even online. You, you want to experience it? Just put a couple opinions out there on social media and see what comes back at you. All right. And so all of this is real and it's traumatic and it's difficult. And I would say that one of the earmarks of trauma as well is that the body will, like your physical body, will do what it needs to do to survive and to maintain with all of those different chemicals that are flowing in you and all of the stress responders that are happening until you have a sense of, okay, it's over. And then when that happens, then the body typically gets sick um, or gets completely worn down. So here's the thing. A lot of people that I've been talking with now that we're into fall and I've been asking them like, how was your summer? Was it long enough? And most people are like, no, not even close. I thought I was going to experience more restoration because of the summer, but it just didn't do it for me. And I would say that we need to be kind and patient with ourselves as we collectively go through a, a real restoration of our hearts and let the reserves kind of fill up. You know, I, I ride motorcycles and I'm in the middle of actually rebuilding one old motorcycle and converting it into you know, a different style of motorcycle. And it's kind of fun. And one of the things that I've been working on is the gas tank. And there's this little, um, where the fuel comes out, it's called a pet cock. And so there's three different settings. There's off, there's on, and there's reserve. So you put it to on. And then when you're riding your motorcycle, if you run out of gas, before you stop, maybe you stop, but whatever, you just turn it to reserve. And when you turn it to reserve, then there's an extra little bit of gas that'll get, hopefully get you to the gas station. Here's where you run into trouble is if you forget to put it to on and you actually put it to reserve and you run out of gas, you're actually out of gas. Um, and so what I'm witnessing in myself and in others is that most of us, we've been on reserve and the tank is not filling up fast enough. Like the summer was not long enough for us to feel like we have enough reserve to actually like, like deal with stuff, you know? And so little things that would normally not be such a big deal become a bigger deal. So, and some of us are having a number uh, 10 response to a number three problem. Okay. If that makes any sense. And that's in, large part to just this sense of powerlessness and the sense of like, I don't have the reserve. And so let me just offer this thought to you. Kindness towards yourself is going to go a long way, not only in your restoration, but also in the recovery of your heart so that it can express itself and be on display in the most glorious way possible. So it's multifaceted, just this invitation to be kind to yourself. Yes, it's for the restoration of your heart, but it's also, I believe personally, a prerequisite for, yeah, just glory. The glory of God being on display through your life. Can you hear that? And can you accept the fact that, yeah, 
even though the history that you may have lived has not been most kind to yourself, like maybe you have experienced a lot of self-contempt over the years. And I'm just asking you to go to Jesus with that and let him help you suspend that self-contempt and allow whatever that self-contempt was trying to block to actually come forward. Like, for example, grief, mourning, loss. You have to know that there's a reason why self-contempt is there. Sometimes it's there as an attempt to block certain things that we want to avoid. But as you go in, not only with Jesus, your friend, but as you go into these spaces with self-kindness, honoring the glory of God in your life, holding the things that are sacred about who you are as a person, and allowing the resurrection hope of Jesus to begin to infuse newness of life, renewal, and hope, then I believe that our lives are going to be on display as a very glorious expression of God's love and kindness and patience and goodness on the planet. And friends, if there's something we need, it's all that. So with that, I'll leave you. God bless you, and I'll be back in just a few moments. It's our joy to offer these podcasts. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, any prayer requests, feel free to drop us a line at Fellowship at iCloud.com. If you're curious about ways you can be more deeply involved in this community, visit our website at EmmausFellowship.org and be sure to like our Facebook page.